we finally got 2020 out of here. 2021 is going to be an amazing year, right? Shit. Hey fam, welcome to a new episode of Stay Watching. As always, I'm your host, Larry. I know, I know, it's always a running joke that I I love to start these episodes with an apology, and this, this is only sort of one. You know, I had every intention of coming back in the new year, coming in hot, releasing an episode every week. That was the plan. But then 2021 happened to us all. And I mean that there was an insurrection. Stuff was popping off left and right, even though, you know, we were were getting a certain orange man out of office. Shit still seemed pretty stirred. And I just was in no mood to record during the beginning of 2021. And so that means that this episode where I talk about some of the things that I'm looking forward to in 2021 might be coming out a little bit later. Um, Some of the things that I might be talking about may have already started or, or maybe on their way within days of me putting this out there, but you know, it's, it's fine. It's fine. The one good thing that I will say about recording this episode now is that it's also given me some time to t- think about some things that maybe I was a little bit excited for, but now might have gauged my expectations either for the better or for the worse. And I think it'll be an interesting opportunity for me to revisit some of the thoughts that I was thinking when I made this list tempered by some of the new knowledge that I have. And there might actually be a few items on this list that were not on my list originally, but given the events of the last few, basically for the month of January, um, again, to date this episode of the podcast, it is the beginning of February. It is Groundhog's Day when I am, or Groundhog Day, when I'm recording this, the groundhog has seen their shadow. We will be getting six more weeks of winter, or as I like to say, we'll be getting the forever winter, um, especially since I'm looking out my window over a wintry hellscape right now. Everything is just covered in snow. Everything looks cold. I have no intention of going outside for a few days. So um, yeah, Let's get into what I am looking forward to in 2021. So I'm, I'm just going to come right out and say it. There's a lot of really interesting media on the horizon for 2021, but I I have to start off with something that I'll be honest, I, I, I thought I was was done with or or at least thought I could put behind me for a little while. 
the MCU. I'll be honest, after Avengers Endgame, I was one of those people who was very much thinking that, hey, let's just let's just give the MCU a cooling off period, you know, but uh, then of course we got Spider-Man Far From Home and we were told that the Black Widow movie would be coming out the next year. And, you know, if it weren't for the pandemic, it would have, but the pandemic hit us and Black Widow got pushed. And when Black Widow got pushed, it meant we would have the first year in what 12 years without a marvel movie um sorry if the math is wrong there but like that was kind of an interesting experience so we did get the break that i had wanted um you know and i would have been content with that break continuing but in january a little show started up on disney plus called wandavision and I had been somewhat excited for the show because, you know, it promised a weird story within the Marvel Universe. You know, the, the footage that we saw involved Wanda Maximoff, the Scarlet Witch, and Vision, the synthesoid, you know, android man, uh, living out what appeared to be a sitcom life. and. It was just kind of like an interesting premise and it got me kind of excited for weird Marvel stuff that we could potentially see in the future. And it's weird and I like it. And it got me all excited for the MCU all over again. I actually, during the pandemic, I had started like a partial rewatch of the, you know, Marvel MCU films. I had taken a little bit of a break uh, in the spring, but I found myself coming back to it the last couple of weeks, all because of WandaVision and, and the things that that show was doing and all of the little Easter eggs and things like that, that made me want to go back and watch MCU movies. And so that kind of firmly got me back into, got me back onto the Marvel horse. And I have to say, you know, beyond just looking forward to, you know, the next few episodes of WandaVision as I record this, you know, those are high on my list of things that I'm looking forward to. But we also have stuff like the Falcon and the Winter Soldier uh, or Falcon and the Winter Soldier that I'm looking forward to. And, and sure, it probably won't be as weird as as WandaVision, but there's still a lot of promise there. There's still a lot of really exciting things that could happen in that show that I really want to see. We, you know, obviously the Black Widow movie is still coming out this year as of right now. Um, and that could be really fun and interesting. The Shang-Chi movie, you know, an Asian led superhero film. We're getting that this year or, or we're supposed to get it this year. And, and I believe the Eternals is also supposed to come out this year. So again, possibly weird, really cosmic stuff. I think there is a lot of really fun stuff on the horizon for Marvel. And I, I just wanted to get that out of the way up top because I'll be real. When I was first working on my list, that was not on there. The Marvel stuff was not on there at all. And it was all because of WandaVision that, that it kind of got me re-hyped for Marvel. So now that that's out of the way, most of the stuff on this list is not going to be Marvel. 
Uh, but you know, there might be a Star Wars in there. There might be a, a DC in there, you know, so, so we'll see. We'll, we will go through these and I'll just share a few quick thoughts about why I'm looking forward to that thing, where you might be able to find it. And yeah. So the, so the next thing that's on my list is Judas and the Black Messiah. And this is an upcoming film uh, from Warner Brothers, directed by Shaka King, starring Daniel Kaluuya and uh, the boy Lakeith Stanfield. And what this story is, or what this film is, is it's looking at uh, essentially the U.S. government's plan to eliminate uh, the Black Panthers leader, Fred Hampton. And from everything that I've seen in the trailers, it looks amazing. From everything that I've heard, the, the performances are amazing. It's, it's, a, it's an amazing film. But I, again, just taken watching the trailer, I, I can't wait to see this film. It's going to be one of those films that's released same day uh, theaters and on HBO Max. So if you have HBO Max, you're getting this. I believe the date that it's coming out is February 13th. Really looking forward to it already um, and can't wait to see how it turns out. One thing that's on my list, and, and I know I, I've, I've touched on anime before, uh, but I don't always talk about it. And I have been a pretty big anime fan for a really long time. And one series that I have loved um, is Attack on Titan. It is a show that essentially has been on for years at this point. Um, and we are finally getting the final season this year. Uh, and they announced that it was going to be 16 episodes or something like that, which is an utter impossibility because if you read the manga and you've been keeping up with it, you know that that's not enough episodes. And at the time of my recording this, we're a, about halfway through that episode run. And it, and it again, it's clear that they're not going to be able to hit that. But these episodes have been amazing. If you're into anime or or if you're looking to get into anime, Attack on Titan is it's a cool series, but it's also a weird series. And it's something that I would definitely tell you to check out. Um, but, I mean, obviously, you have to be all right with a little bit of violence and uh, giant sort of naked people. Um, hard to describe, really, but I definitely think it's worth checking out. Um, I think the places that the story is going now are are really brilliant and, and made me want to revisit the whole series. So that's something that's going to be happening um, probably after I finish my rewatch of Fringe, which I'm currently doing. But um, the end of Attack on Titan is like very high on my list of things to look forward to. And, and that's both the anime and the manga. So the manga has not ended yet at the time of recording this. Um, and it's looking like it's uh, going to wrap up around the time of April, um, which is when I think they will probably announce that there will be a second half to the, the anime, but we will see. Um, on the video game front, one of the things that I found myself looking forward to uh, during the PlayStation 5 event uh, back in, I believe it was October, was uh, Final Fantasy 16. And 
you know, I, I think I talked about it a little bit on the, the remake, reboot, requel episode, my love for Final Fantasy VII Remake and all of the things that they did there. And, you know, again, I'm not going to be able to do a really good job on this audio podcast of selling you on, on why I'm excited for Final Fantasy XVI. But, you know, I think what it it gives us hope for is the future of jrpgs on kind of new console hardware so i'm really looking forward to what this game is obviously we don't know a whole lot at this point in time we know the bare basics of the story um but i'm just really interested in how it all comes together what changes they make to the battle mechanics and how it works moving back to disney for a little bit um you know one thing that it, it there's a film that i'm excited for but I'm also a little bit frustrated by the release ideology behind it. So Disney, if you remember, I I talked about this a little bit in the past, Disney made a gamble with their release of Mulan, opting rather than to just release the film onto Disney Plus to make it like a, a premium purchase on Disney Plus. And they're doing that again with Ryan the Last Dragon. And so that film is going to be releasing in theaters as well as as a premium VOD on Disney Plus. And, you know, I I, kind of shared my feelings on that. Like most of the time, I'm probably not going to pay the fee for, you know, a premium VOD. Maybe I'll say screw it, put on my mask, maybe double mask and and go to a movie theater before I pay that fee. We'll see. Um, You know, but Ryan the Last Dragon looks really fun. It looks like a Disney heist movie. Think the animation of Moana, but like, you know, this this kind of ragtag group of people trying to steal something and a dragon who seems to be voiced by Aquafina. Um, it just looks like a lot of fun. Uh, the trailer showed a con baby. So like a a baby who's like a con person. I I don't know. That just seemed really funny to me. Um, and got me really excited for what that movie could be. Um, a couple of things that, uh, again, still on the Disney plus train, a couple of things that, that fall into the Marvel land that I did not have a chance to talk to talk about earlier when I was briefly getting into, into some of the Marvel stuff. Uh, the Loki series that they're doing uh, looks like it might be, again, more weird, cool multiverse stuff. Um, my understanding is that they're going to be multiple different versions of Loki, as well as like kind of like a central Loki to the story. And, you know, the idea of Loki jumping around time, jumping around universes, doing different things, if they do it right, I think that can be a lot of fun. Uh, so I'm, I'm really excited to see what that looks like and what that show ends up being. And the other Marvel show that, that I'm, I'm kind of interested in is the What If show. So basically, in the Marvel comics, there's this What If series, and it's always, you know, it'll be silly stuff like what if well i mean we technically saw it in the movies but it's like what if what if captain america had thor's hammer or you know what if you know one of one of the things in the show i believe is going to be what if peggy carter took the super soldier serum and and what if steve rogers had like an old iron man suit built by howard stark 
I think there's a lot of potential for this to be fun. Uh, from what I saw in the trailers, I'm not necessarily the biggest fan of the animation, but they got, it seems they got like the entirety of the MCU cast to come back and reprise their roles. And I think it could be a lot of fun. So I'm, I'm just hoping that it will be fun. Um, another one on Disney Plus, uh, there's a lot of stuff on Disney Plus that I'm actually looking forward to. I talked about it in that Star Wars bonus episode, uh, like a month and a half ago. Basically, Star Wars The Bad Batch, it's a kind of a sequel series to The Clone Wars. Uh, following The Bad Batch, a group of clones who are genetically different and that allows them to have like a few different kind of unique features to them that allow them to do their jobs better who are kind of like a black ops group for the newly formed galactic empire i i just really want to see what they do with the show i i love the clone wars i've talked about it to death on this podcast so i i really want to see what they do with the bad batch on the more um I, we'll, we'll call it the more indie side of things. Uh, one film that I'm looking forward to is uh, Minari, and I, and I hope I'm pronouncing this, that right, um, which is a story of a Korean-American family who moves to Arkansas in search of kind of the American dream. And I don't know, like, I, I it's just one of those films that, I'm really interested in what it ends up being. It looks incredibly lovely. Um, Steven Yoon, who you may remember from The Walking Dead as Glenn, um, he, he plays, I guess, the, the main character in the film. Um, and, I, and I'm just really, I really want to see what this ends up being. Um, you know, this is, it feels like the type of, I, I don't want to say like small film, but it, it feels like the type of family oriented film that I, I usually would just fall in love with. So I, I'm really hoping it is exactly that. Kind of the opposite end of the spectrum, uh, a, a sort of horror film that I'm looking forward to is Saint Maud. Um, and, you know, I, I saw the trailer for this film such a long time ago, um, back when I could still go things, see things in theaters. I believe I saw the trailer for this film before watching The Lodge. And I remember just being like, what the hell is this film? I need to see it. The basic premise, as best I can tell, is basically that there is this young nurse who, because of some trauma, turns to Christianity and just becomes super obsessed and, and starts to feel that like her calling is to save this, this patient who's in her charge from going to hell. And I, I just think that premise is, is really interesting and and again like it's one of those things that like me talking about this briefly on a podcast can't really capture um kind of how wild this film looks so technically speaking at the time of recording the film is out i just haven't seen it yet but i'm going to include it here because i haven't seen it yet i'm still looking forward to it i think 
it's not available for most people to see. Could be wrong. Um, but yeah, definitely, definitely something to look forward to. Um, especially if you're into like kind of the, the like A24, you know, kind of horror movies, horror stuff. Um, lot more kind of cerebral, a lot more messed up in a lot of ways. I, I'm, I'm really, really looking forward to what this actually is. Another A24 film that, um, you know, obviously because of the pandemic kind of fell off the face of the earth, um, was supposed to come out last year was the, the Green Knight, uh, starring Dev Patel. And I was really interested in this film because, you know, I, I'm really into uh, Arthurian legends, you know, so like the Knights of the Round Table, Sword and Stone, stuff like that. Um, and this story was supposed to be the tale of Sir Gawain, um, who's played by Dev Patel, who is King Arthur's nephew, as he embarks on this quest to, to fight the Green Knight, who, you know, he's really doing this to, to test his skill, to test his mettle. And this is one of those films where when I saw the trailer, like I lost my mind. The film just looked amazing. All of the like promotional art that I saw for it, the poster, like all of it, just, just beautiful, just fantastically beautiful. And, you know, I, I'm really looking forward to this film whenever it does finally get released. Everything that I've been seeing says 2021. Uh, obviously it had a, a release in Russia in 2020. Um, but as of right now, I don't believe there is an official date, um, possibly July 30th, but again, we'll see. Uh, but that's definitely a movie that that's really high on my list. Something that's going to be a little bit easier for people to see, um, is Godzilla versus Kong. Um, this is something that like, at first I was like, I don't know if I need this, but watching the trailer for this film made me want to brave the pandemic and see this film on the largest screen possible. I like Godzilla and King Kong fighting. Yes, it's happened in the past. It hasn't necessarily looked that great but the technology that they have now Godzilla versus Kong looks so cool like I I can't I can't quite put it into words like I need to go and do an entire episode where I talk about giant monsters and how I loved Godzilla growing up and and literally would have Godzilla movie marathons like every few weekends just because I love those films so much. But to to see Godzilla and King Kong realize in a way that I, I had never really imagined seeing that. Like, I mean, like, obviously in your head you can kind of see it, but, you know, nothing had done that vision justice. And I, and I feel like the visuals that I saw in that trailer they really hit home and I, and I think they definitely took the internet by storm. I don't know if it's just people being bored from the pandemic, but I feel like when the trailer dropped for Godzilla vs. Kong, everybody was on board with it. Everybody wants to see this movie. 
Um, but again, so this is another same day as theaters. Um, it's gonna be on HBO Max and in theaters. Um, and I believe the date just got changed to March 31st. So really looking forward to Godzilla versus Kong. I think that's gonna be a lot of fun. I, I just cannot wait. Keeping it with Warner Brothers and HBO Max for the next few of these. Actually, I think, yeah, the next the next three of these are, are HBO Max uh, <laughs> releases. Um, Mortal Kombat. I, I, I'm not always the biggest fan of the Mortal Kombat games, but when I saw the like the little bits that they've put out from this new Mortal Kombat movie. Um, the stills that they showed and like a couple of very, very brief visuals that they showed in like kind of the HBO Max teasers, it's got me curious. And if they do a cool martial arts film with, you know, the magic of Mortal Kombat, the brutality of Mortal Kombat, I think this movie could be a lot of fun. And I think this is like the perfect type of environment to release it in, you know, so going into theaters and releasing on HBO Max in April this year, um, there's a lot of potential there. It could very easily be one of those films that, again, you know, maybe not a lot of people would have seen it in theaters, but because it's releasing on HBO Max, maybe it'll be able to kind of garner that following and that interest that it that it we don't know if it deserves it yet, but, you know, maybe a lot more people will be talking about it. So I, I'm really interested to see if they could capture the spirit of the games. Um, you know, I thought they did a pretty good job of the first Mortal Kombat movie that came out in the 90s, not so much with the second one. So I, I, I feel like they could do an awesome job with this. Um, but it's also going to be kind of tough because Mortal Kombat in the games, uh, they've been, you know, at least the last three games have been really focused on the story that they've been telling. And they, they've really raised the bar for storytelling in fighting video games and in really making these narratives that are, they're not always great. You know, they're not necessarily, you know, we're not getting cinema here in these video games, but they do a really good job of conveying their story and actually keeping your interest, um, you know, beyond just a cutscene at the end of beating the arcade ladder. So I, I'm really interested to see what they do with the story, how they make it interesting, and if it has good action. Because I mean, you know, that's what I'm watching a Mortal Kombat movie for. I'm watching it for the fights, and I hope they have many of them. I hope they're given enough time, and I hope that they look good. Another film very much unlike Mortal Kombat that is also coming to HBO Max that I'm looking forward to is In the Heights, which is a musical with music and lyrics by Lin-Manuel Miranda, who you may know from Hamilton. Dude's kind of a big deal. Um, I, I I like a good musical. I, I, I can't pretend like I don't. I, I, you know, I know I try to put up this front like I, I, I don't watch musical. I look, if a musical's got good music, the beats are good, the rhythm's good, the musical numbers are good, the costuming's good, the set design, like, I am on board. And In the Heights is one that 
when I first saw the trailer again, you know, same thing with a lot of these. I saw the trailer and I got really excited and I was like, oh, I can't wait to go see this. Um, the thing that I always love about musical films, even if they're not as good as the stage play, they open up theater and make it more accessible to a broader range of people, which is what, what I think a lot of people miss when they're just like, oh, the movie version of Les Mis is bad. Like, yes, they, they, like it's not the best, but for somebody who is who maybe never had the opportunity to see Les Mis, this might, that might be the thing that they need to kind of get them into musicals and get them to start having that interest in theater. So I think that's why we kind of need, you know, again, we, we need the Les Mises, you know, Cats is a terrible example, but, you know, we need to be able to see stuff like Hamilton on Disney Plus. We need to be able to see stuff like In the Heights on HBO Max. You know, I, I think it it just levels that playing field because not all of us are, are, are lucky enough to have the type of income where we can actually pay to go see these shows on stage. And uh, obviously right now, no one is going to see shows on stage. Um, but without the pandemic, there was already all of these barriers to entry. And, you know, I think what we're seeing here, you know, with all of these things, like not just not just with, with stage theater, but even with movie theaters is, you know, I, I, I've talked about it in the past, there's a democratization of entertainment and art and, our ability to be able to experience these things at a lower cost of entry is essential to keeping some of these things alive because, all right, who knows what kid is going to get inspired by, you know, watching In the Heights on HBO Max and, you know, will go on to create the next great musical. You know, that's the kind of stuff that, that we, we need. And so, you know, that's what excites me about these things. So, you know, it, it's almost not so much the musical itself, but it's like, what does it mean for the broader audience is, is what really kind of captures my interest and captures my attention. So, yeah. Jumping away from In the Heights, though, um, another HBO Max release that I am really excited for. And, and, I, and I don't know if I said this, June 18th is, is when In the Heights is supposed to be coming out. In August, all right, we get the ultimate do-over. August 6th, The Suicide Squad comes out. Directed by James Gunn, you know, the guy who directed Guardians of the Galaxy. He now gets his own team of weird DC people, DC Comics characters, including Harlequin. Um, I am really interested to see this film. We got, like I said, Harley Quinn is in it. We got John Cena's character, Peacemakers, in it. King Shark is going to be in this movie. You know, Idris Elba is is playing a character in this movie called Bloodsport. Um, you know, I, I'm really interested to see what they do with it. Um, the thing that I like about having someone like James Gunn at the helm of this, especially as it's going to be a hard R movie, is they won't hesitate to do some of the stuff that the Suicide Squad should be doing. So, you know, this is a group of super villains. And I think we will actually get to see them being really super villainy. And unlike the previous David Ayer version of the Suicide Squad that we got, 
I think tonally, this will be more consistent with kind of what we were expecting from the film. Um, and I just have a lot more confidence in it overall. So um, I know when that came out, I was horribly disappointed and I'm trying not to get myself too hyped up this time, but like fingers crossed that, that they just make it work this time. Um, you know, I have a lot of faith in James Gunn you know, having just rewatched a whole bunch of the MCU movies, the Guardians of the Galaxy movies are still two of the best. Um, I think he does really great character work and character moments, you know, outside of the comedy, I think he does a really good job of building characters. Um, and given that this is the Suicide Squad, I think he's going to do a really good job of destroying some characters because I, I, not everybody's gonna make it through this movie like, i mean they have a lot of people on the cast a lot of them are gonna go so really looking forward to the suicide squad i hope it can redeem that franchise and i feel like i feel like dc needs a little bit of a, a win after that kind of wonder woman 1984 release like obviously i know it did very well for hbo max their subscribers went up a lot and they've actually they are ahead of their kind of projections um which is great but that movie was not good and so i would like to see a good dc movie and i would love for the suicide squad to be that movie another film that's coming up on the hbo max slate and i think this is my last hbo max movie on here i'm almost to the end i am almost done this is actually going to be a little bit of a shorter episode depending on how long it takes me to get the rest of this out um but i'm also looking forward to dennis denny villeneuve's dune um so denny villeneuve is you know like i i would say he's like a an artor sci-fi director you know he he's he's very visually minded he does a really great job with telling these sci-fi stories that don't necessarily make a whole lot of money and don't necessarily bring a whole lot of people out to the theater so releasing on hbo max might actually be a really good thing for this movie the problem is it might undercut their ability to do future films in the dune franchise so um Dune is a, a big sci-fi property um, with a very deep mythology, um, you know, for people that may not be familiar with it. Um, I could never do justice trying to explain it. Find a Wikipedia article, read as much as you can. Maybe you'll have an understanding. Um, but I was really looking forward to this film as you know, potentially being that kind of, you know, the, the the version of Dune committed to screen that will be kind of like the definitive version. So um, we're going to see. I, I don't know if this film is actually going to keep its release date right now. It's scheduled for December 18th, but, you know, card subject to change. We'll see if it actually comes out then or if they do push it a little bit further into 2021. Um, you know, just so they can get more of that, like full theater release. Um, very interested to see what comes out of this one. Um, I think they have a great cast for it. So I, I'm not, I'm not necessarily worried about, you know, the, the actors and, and what they're going to bring to this film. I, I just hope it's interesting and, and fun and entertaining, um, while also doing what it needs to do to, um, 
you know, kind of bring new people into kind of this this Dune universe. A couple of uh, odds and ends here, you know, just a couple more things that I'm looking forward to, one of which has already started. Uh, so over the winter break, I got really into the show Snowpiercer um, based on the, I guess it's a manga Snowpiercer, um, which also had a movie uh, directed by Bong Joon-ho um, a few years back starring Christopher Evans. Um, so there is a show on TNT. Uh, the story is different, though similar to what happens, uh, to aspects of what happened in the movie. Um, but I just found myself really interested in the show. I could not stop watching it. Uh, season two is airing currently at the time of recording this. The second episode just aired. I have not had a chance to watch it yet. Um, but I'm, I'm really interested in where the show is going. And even though technically it started at the time that I wrote up this list, it hadn't started yet and I was looking forward to it, um, but I'm still looking forward to it. Uh, and one thing, one last thing, it's sort of a joke, but it's not really a joke. I am excited for the Young Rock show on NBC, which I believe should be starting this February. Um, Dwayne The Rock Johnson is one of my favorite entities. I don't even know if I can call him a person anymore um, because he is that much larger than life. Um, he has done such a an interesting job of creating a character and mythos. And I'm just really interested in how they decide to portray his upbringing and the characters around him. So, you know, obviously The Rock's father, Rocky Johnson, was a professional wrestler. You know, he was exposed to people early on, like Andre the Giant and the Iron Sheik. So I, I'm really, really interested in what that looks like. Also, the fact that, you know, The Rock is a multi-ethnic man. Um, I, I really wonder how that's going to play into the story that they're telling about his childhood. Obviously, it's it's going to be fictionalized. It's going to be humorous. Um, but I, I really do want to see what they do with it and, you know, how this is going to factor into the greater overall story of The Rock. So, but yeah, those are what I am looking forward to in 2021. Um, that is the short version of it. I'm sure I could go on and on about more things that I'm looking forward to. But those are the things that came out top of mind. What's on your list? So yeah, I really would love to hear what's on your list. What are you looking forward to the most in 2021? Um, you know, like I said, there were a lot of things that I probably could have added to this list that I didn't, uh, but Hey, share yours with me at stay watching pod on Twitter, or you can reach out directly to me at Larry Tron pretty much everywhere on social media, or shoot us an email, stay watching pod at gmail.com. In the meantime, I know I've said, I was going to tell you about some of the things that I've been watching during this time. Um, 
I caught up on both of the Euphoria special episodes. I think both are amazing. If you really like Euphoria, and especially if you are interested in what's going on with the characters of Jules and Rue, um, I think these two special episodes give you really great insight, and I think they're going to serve as a good bridge to the next season of the show. Um, I found myself really captivated by the filmmaking of these episodes, and I'm just really still kind of enthralled with the approach that was taken. And, you know, I, I'm not trying to say that the regular show isn't good because I, I know a friend like thought that's what I was saying before. Um, I just think that these episodes are far and away better than anything else that we have seen from the show. Again, not taking anything away from the show itself because I really do like the show. Um, outside of that, like I said, I watched the first season of Snowpiercer on HBO Max over the break. Um, I got really into the show. If you are into kind of these you know, slow burn kind of mystery series with an interesting premise. I, I think it works really well as that. Um, where the season concluded had got me really excited for the second season, and now I am watching that more or less live. So, I mean, you know, if, if that's a testament, you know, again, you might like it, you might hate it, but it, it worked really well for me. One of the things that I'm doing currently is I'm re-watching Fringe. Um, I watched it back in the day it was a show that my dad really loved and got me into um it, it's really fun going back through it because one you know I, i'm kind of reliving something that i kind of shared with him but i also never saw the ending of the show uh between you know really getting started in my full-on professional life and moving out and and not necessarily having as much time for tv at the time um i never saw how the series concluded so this rewatch is is going to be really fun for me and you know who knows maybe i will bring you a special bonus episode of the podcast where i talk about why i love fringe so much or or shows like fringe so much um because i feel like fringe um stuff like agents of shield um, they, they fall into this really particular niche that works for me. Um, and I, and I think I do want to, you know, do an episode where I really talk about that specific type of procedural and why I love it. I guess, I guess I have to talk about the X-Files too. So maybe I will have to do an X-Files rewatch in advance of that as well. One show that I want everybody to watch. It's on Netflix right now. It is Lupin. Um, it is basically a modern kind of version of the famous gentleman thief story. Um, Netflix may try to default to showing it to you in English. I implore you watch it in the original French and put English subtitles on. Um, the dub isn't bad, but it doesn't have the same energy and it doesn't have the same emotion that the original French has. So any chance you get, just please, please, you know, watch it, watch it the way it was meant to be watched. Um, and, and I think that's enough catching up for now. I mean, there's, there's plenty of other stuff that I'm watching in the meantime, and I'll share that with you on a future episode. So like I said, if you want to get in touch at Stay Watching Pod on Twitter, 
If you want to reach out to me directly at Larry Tron, pretty much everywhere on social media, shoot the podcast an email, stay watching pod at gmail.com. And as always, fam, stay watching. Peace. Thank you.